Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Travis Carl shares a story about the times he did not arrive. Tonight the theme uh, is arrivals, in case you haven't been paying attention. It's something I know a lot about. In the last, I'd say, 10 years, since I was 18, I'm now 32, I've lived in, let's see, Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Orlando, Florida, Austin, Texas, El Paso, Texas, San Diego, San Francisco, uh, Magnolia, Arkansas, and New York. So I know a little something about arrivals. On top of that, as I said before, I'm a comedian and a contractor, so I spend about two weeks out of every month uh, on the road traveling. And uh, I tell you all this so I can tell you that I'm going to completely abandon the theme of arrivals and talk about times I did not arrive places. <laughs> the anti- this is going to be very punk rock. I'm glad you all came. Basically, I've lived so many places because my motto in life up until about a month ago has been, oh, fuck it, why not? Yeah, so that's how I end up everywhere I usually end up. And what happened when I was 17 years old, still in high school, my parents moved from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where I grew up, to uh, here. And I went, fuck that, I'm staying with my friends in Phoenix. And we moved to Tucson, uh, Arizona, and we got an apartment. And I don't know what you, how much you guys know about Tucson, but it is the quintessential college town. It's the quintessential college party town. So we got there, and you go to house parties, and I kept running across the same kind of guy. And we all know him. It's the frat guy. And I fucking hated them. They would show up every party I went to, and they'd ruin it until the cops came. I fucking hated frat guys. Cut to a couple years later. I'm in college in Florida. I finish. I'm going to drive from... Orlando, where I'm going to college, to El Paso, Texas, where I have a new job waiting for me, working for my brother-in-law. And I leave Florida, and I stop in New Orleans, which is a bad idea, because I just drank all of the money I had at that time. (laughs) Because fuck it, why not? So it's about a 15-hour drive from New Orleans to El Paso, and I have just enough money to roll into El Paso on fumes when I leave New Orleans. I get to Houston, Texas, and I go, I'm going to stop and check out downtown Houston, get a bite to eat, and I pull into a parking garage, and I get out, and I spend the last money I have saved on a burger and fries, and then I go back to the parking garage, and I try and start my car and my car will not start. It's summertime, it's about 100 degrees, 80% humidity, I'm dead broke, and I immediately call my parents, because that's what white kids do when they uh, are in trouble. (laughs) And for some reason, I can't get a hold of anybody. I can't get a hold of my sister, I can't get a hold of my parents. I'm like, I try and sleep in my car and just wake up drenched in sweat. Just, I look like I got out of a pool in my clothes. 
and I just start wandering around downtown Houston just looking like a crazy person. Just drunk from New Orleans still, pouring down, face red, mad I can't get a hold of anybody, and I'm just hours walking around aimlessly with nothing to do, and I'm passing a bar just looking miserable, and I see two fucking frat dudes. I mean, full-on frat t-shirts, khaki cargo shorts, visors, the whole nine yards. I'm walking by, and they're looking at me, and they start pointing and laughing at me and my pathetic, drenched-in-sweat self, and I'm just like, fuck you guys, what? I don't give a fuck at that point. And they stop laughing, they're like, come fucking drink this beer with us. Uh, so fuck it, why not? <laughs> I hop the fence, I share a pitcher of beer with these guys, I explain to them what has happened, and they're like, well, worry not, you're drinking with us tonight. Turned out the guys' names were Rob, and I kid you not, T-Rex. <laughs> we go to a few more bars, and finally I pull Rob aside, and I'm like, why do you call him T-Rex? And he goes, uh, look at him. Oh, okay. He doesn't look like a T-Rex. He just looks like a normal guy. But I don't want to push it. I drink with him about 2 a.m. I sleep on their floor, and then the next morning I can finally get a hold of my parents to wire me enough money to fix my car. And because I didn't make it to El Paso, Texas, I learned that frat boys are people too. <laughs> the second story I'm going to tell tonight, I was living in San Francisco, California. Yes, that San Francisco. I was in San Francisco, Iowa. No, this is the California one. And I'm, I moved there with my, uh, with my friend from high school, Johanny Smith. And I love Johanny Smith because he has the most exotic first name and the most basic last name. <laughs> and I've been living with him there for about nine months. Our lease is up. And I'm like, dude, I, I can't afford to live here. I'm going to move on. And he goes, well, let's, let's do something fun before you leave. And we map out a trip where we're going to drive from San Francisco to Vancouver, Canada, which I had never, we'd never been to, and we're going to take the, the coast highway, the whole way. So we plan our trip, we map it out. This is before, like, GPS on your phone, so we just printed out MapQuest directions the whole way, and then we bought a bunch of weed, three grams of hash, and uh, ten hits of acid. And then we leave San Francisco. We decide we're going to camp the whole way. Because why not, if you're on acid? Anyway. We're just ridiculous the whole way. We decide about Oregon, we're going to just hit every bar we can. We pull into the first couple bars, and I, when you think of Oregon, you think of like Portlandia and all these hipsters. Here's what they don't tell you. You get outside of Portland, not that far, and it turns into, uh, where are you from? Real quick. You ain't from around here, are you, fellas? It's a lot of logging and fishing towns. Yohani's got long hair going down his back, and he owns only about five shirts, and they all say tool on them. 
He's that guy. So we're not getting the warmest receptions. So we're like, we're just going to hang out at the camps, eat acid, and then sit on this bench and watch TV on my laptop because we're not that cool. So we do all these typical things. We're driving. We drove through a redwood. We, it took about three days. We had to finish all the drugs before we got to Canada. I remember that much because I knew there was going to be a border patrol and so we, we're not pacing ourselves, just trying to get it all through. And finally, after four days of just debauchery, we're just no sleep. We, we pull into the line to get into Canada and it takes forever. It takes about three hours before anybody has seen us. And I grew up in Arizona. I've been to Mexico more times than I can count. And I don't know if you knew this. If you're a white guy trying to get into Mexico, they don't ask you a lot of questions. They just let you go to Mexico. <laughs> Not the same with Canada. We get to Canada, and they, they you, you go to this just desk, and you hand them your IDs, and everybody else just kind of asked him a few questions, let him through, and then me and my friend Johanny give him our IDs, and they look at him for a very long time, a very uncomfortably long time, and then they go to Johanny, we'd like to question you separately from him. Shit. All right, that's not a good. So they pull us aside, and they pull me in a room, and they start asking me what I'm trying to smuggle into Canada. And I go, nothing. And they go, well, we're going to bring dogs through your car. And if there is even a speck of drugs in that car, we will find it. I'm like, oh, fuck. There is definitely at least a speck. <laughs> there could be a roach in the air. I don't know. Uh, so, and my, my plan to dealing with the, the Canadian Border Patrol was just to lie about everything. So they're like, well, did you guys have any drugs earlier today? Nope. I don't do drugs, sir. I'm going to Canada for gravy fries and poutine, and that's it. Heading home. Meanwhile, Johannes, two rooms down, going, oh, yeah, but we smoked it all before we got here. Don't worry. The Mounties comes back to me. He's like, well, your friend told us that you did have drugs. Why'd you lie to us? Well, because I thought drugs were illegal and that that would get me in trouble. At this point, I don't even want to fucking go to Canada. I just want to go home. They tear apart my car. My car, I've packed... Damn near everything I own because I'm not going back to San Francisco. I'm leaving. He's getting on a plane going back. I'm driving to uh, Arkansas. So they take everything I own out of my car and they're bringing, I mean, they're taking seat, they're taking shit apart going through my car. They find nothing. But they still won't let us into Canada. And I found out why we got red flagged was because while we were driving, to uh, Vancouver, my buddy Johanny Smith's friend or brother in back in Arizona had gotten arrested without his ID, and because he's an asshole, instead of giving the cops his name, gave them Johanny's name, 
Yeah, so now there's big red flags. And so basically, they're not going to let us into Canada. They're, they're mad at us for some reason. <laughs> and they go, all right, well, you guys need to turn around and go back to this. Fine. I'm just so over this. We get in the car. We turn around. And of course, we're in Canada now. You turn around, and now you're just in the three-hour line to try and get back to America. So we wait through that shit. Then we get to the American Border Patrol, and we walk in, and we give them our IDs, and they go, you know, you've been red flagged. Here's a warrant out for it. And we explain the whole thing. It takes probably 30 minutes of just trying to explain to these Border Patrol agents what just happened in Canada. And they went, fuck Canada, welcome home. So we drove two hours south and got drunk in Seattle, because fuck it, why not? I just think it's worth mentioning that I would have never discovered my love for America had I not been denied entry into Canada. Look, sometimes it is not about the destination, it's about the fucking journey. Uh, Thank you guys. That was Travis Carl on Not Getting There. Do you think you could share a story like this one on our stage? Visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We'll find a list of upcoming shows, their themes, and more storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live. <laughs>